0: Well, welcome to Epic Today. We are so glad that you are here for our brand new series two-parter, Untouchable and Unlovable. And uh, when I thought about that word untouchable, you know, I had tons of images just pop into my mind. And I don't know about you, but some of the images that popped into my mind uh, was when I was younger and I had some friends who thought that they were kind of untouchable, you know? You know what I mean. Some of you guys know that, definitely. You know, back in that day, we thought we were like untouchable, you know? We could go out and we were rebels and nothing could Touch us, and we could do anything and everything. And uh, if you weren't like that, you at least knew somebody like that who was kind of untouchable, or there was a part of you that wanted to be a little bit of that untouchable person. Or, ladies, I kind of see the smiles already. I know that some of you want to at least date those guys who are like untouchable. All right, so I won't tell your husbands. Don't worry about that. But, uh, anyways, You know I loved most about those guys who thought that they were untouchable? It was what happened to them as they performed their untouchable feats of stupidity, you know, right? Yeah, you know that. So one time um, I went to the beach on spring break and I had a truck and there was this huge mound of sand. It was like a sand dune, but yet it was probably, you know, fill or something that they'd piled up. And all these guys were like taking their trucks and going up and over this uh, sand dune. And so I thought, you know, I could do that with my truck. I just got this thing. You bet I can do that, you know? And uh, all my friends were there and they're like, let's pile into the back of his truck. And it's like, Whoo, you know, and so all of a sudden they pile on the back of my truck and we're going up and over this thing. And one of my friends, who's was this huge, you know, football player, like the size of a grizzly bear. Well, unbeknownst to me, like he stands up in the back of my truck and he grabs onto the cab and he's like, I'm going to ride this thing down, you know, and all of a sudden we go up and over and sure enough, he rode that thing down as he went flying past my window and beat us down to the bottom of the hill, you know, and, you know, we had our laughs and we kind of, you know, he shook it off and he's like, I'm all right, you know, and stuff like that, but whatever. But anyways, uh, one of my other friends, he was like into weightlifting, believe it or not, I used to lift weights in high school. I know you can't tell now, but I used to, but uh, anyways, <clears throat> he thought like he was untouchable. So he put on this weight that he had like never benched before, okay? And I'm like, there's no way that he's gonna get this, you know, at all. So all of a sudden he's like, to him, whatever you do, don't help me. And I'm like, all right, yeah, right, <laughs> you know. So he goes to lift this weight, and he's straining, and he gets it off his chest, and he's pushing, and he's grimacing, and his you know, his head looks like it's about to explode, and everything. And I go to start to spot him and help him, and you could just see the intensity got even more. His the red in his face got even brighter and his eyes was like, don't touch this bar, I'll kill you, you know? So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll back off. You think you're untouchable? Why don't you touch that weight on your chest for a little while? So I just went over here and just let him bear that weight on his chest for a little <laughs> while until, I was, and I had to come over and help him up with that weight. But then there was this one guy in our high school who thought he was like the ultimate guy, you know, bad and everything. He was a wrestler. And uh, one day before match, he needed to get his weight down. So he took some stuff, if you know what I mean, okay? And he took some stuff, and right during that match, it worked, okay? (laughs) If you know what I mean, it worked, and everybody knew that it worked during that match, and it was not a pretty sight (laughs) at all. But anyways... You know, we could exchange stories of those guys, and some of us were those guys and everything, and it's kind of easy to share those stories and everything of our untouchable moments or something. Um, But it's harder to talk about the things that happened to us when we learned and discovered that we weren't so untouchable. And uh, I don't know about you, but I learned early on in middle school that I wasn't so untouchable. And uh, what happened was that summer, I started to develop this thing on my knee and on my shin and on my big toe. And we didn't know what it was. It started to turn the skin color kind of uh, darker. It started to tighten the skin around those areas uh, that it was on. And so we're like, "Okay, what is going on? So we went to... A dermatologist, and this guy had like no bedside manner whatsoever. And he's like, Yeah, I know what that is. That's scleroderma. He's like, That's a skin disease. You know, they don't know what causes it, they don't know a cure for it. In fact, it could spread all over your body and into your internal organs and kill you. So he's telling this to me, who's like in sixth grade, you know, my mouth is like hitting the ground as he's telling these things to me, and my mom is too. And he's like, Yeah, I think you should see a specialist. It's like, Really? You think we should go see a specialist, you know? So I go and see this specialist. I couldn't wait for that day. And when I got to this specialist, she was great. She wanted to know who we were. She wanted to hear the whole story. And she looked at it, and she's like, there's nothing to be alarmed over. Yes, it's scleroderma, but it's not that type. That's an aggressive type. It's very rare for that to happen. This will just hang out in that area. That's it. And, uh, you know, it was like, okay. But she said, you know what could happen? She said, since you're so young, as you get older, it could actually stunt the growth of that area. And so it was like, okay, you know, so just be careful, watch it and everything like that. So years passed by, and sure enough, one day during college, all the guys were like, why are you limping? And I'm like, I'm not limping, am I? And they're like, yeah, you're limping all the time. Every time we see you every day, you're limping. And sure enough, one of my legs is a little bit shorter than the other leg. And so I have to wear this cushion in my left leg to help support that leg and everything. And yet, you know, I can share that with you, like, with no problem at all. You know, back then, in between doctors, I probably could have not shared with you in the moment what was going on and everything. And it's easy to talk about those things that are kind of on the surface, you know what I mean? When they're on the surface and it's something like crazy guys doing crazy things or when it's you know, something that happens but yet it's not too complicated or it doesn't really affect us, you know, there's no pain or gain or something like that, it's easy to talk about those things. But it's a lot harder to talk about the things that happen beneath the surface, those circumstances that happen to us that we want no one to ever know about or those things that we do in private and we don't want anyone to know. It's the things that are off limits. And if they're off limits to everyone, they're off limits to God especially because we don't want anyone to touch upon those things in our lives. We don't want anyone to find out about them. And we've tried to resolve them over and over and over again, but yet they just seem unresolvable. There's no way that we can resolve them. But yet, there's this part that we know that lies beneath that is toxic. If we get real honest, we know it shouldn't be there. In fact, we've wrestled with it that we know that we desperately want help. But yet, it's complicated. It's very complicated. And here's why I want you to know. And here's what I hope you should know. Those things that lie beneath the surface tell us that we are alone. And we are not alone. Those things that we do, or the things that we wrestle with, all of us in this room wrestle with at some level. It is a lie to think that we are by ourselves. And so some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, you might be asking the question, well, what are those things? What are those things that are untouchable or what are those things that are beneath the surface that we wrestle with on a regular basis? And I think we need to check them out. And it may be painful, but it's definitely something that we need to wrestle with today. And so I'm going to use this over here to help us out and further kind of illustrate what I mean by the things that are beneath the surface or the things that seem untouchable. Here's this bowl of water, and if you notice, it is like brown. It is contaminated. Think of this bowl of water as the toxic things of life, okay? It is infectious. It is disease-ridden, and we do not want to be in it. It is full of sin. There is no good in this bowl at all. And there's a number of ways that we can jump into this bowl, okay? And that's what I want to hit upon. One of the ways that we can get into this toxic water is simply that we are tossed into this water, You know, there are uncontrollable circumstances that happen in our lives that we can't control. And there's some tragedy that happens. Someone we know dies in an accident. Someone we know dies of a disease. And we find ourselves stuck in these waters. We find ourselves in these waters because of something that happened to us. And some of us, have been in these waters because someone in our lives, maybe when we were growing up, we lived in a dysfunctional family, and mom or dad had a problem. They had some kind of addiction. They were addicted to alcohol, and we were left in the path of their destruction, and we were thrown into these waters because of them. We didn't do a thing. Or for some of us, we've been in a marriage for a long, long, long time, And all of a sudden, one afternoon, he or she comes home early and tells us that they're leaving us. And worse yet, tells us that they've been having an affair on us. And we find ourselves in these waters. Or God forbid, when we were growing up as a child, and someone that we were supposed to trust in an instant takes away our innocence because they violated us. And we are shattered, our lives are broken, and we are angry. We are angry at these circumstances. We are angry at the people who put us in here. And we are angry at God because where was God in the midst of those things? Where was he? And we will not share this with anyone. We will not allow anyone to touch these things in our lives because we don't want to share the anger, the bitterness But yet, as we stay in these waters, our lives begin to look like these waters themselves. And we are angry, and we are bitter, because someone tossed us into these waters. Another way that we can get into these waters is simply that we just waded into them. You know, all of a sudden there was something that just, for some reason, looked a little appealing, said, you know, I can just kind of go in there and kind of come back out, you know? Uh, It won't hurt me at all. I'm just kind of curious or something like that. And so just kind of wander in, kind of wade in, you know, I'll just start looking. But now we can't stop looking. Or we start to tell stories to get by in life. And we tell one lie after another lie after another lie to get by, to promote ourselves or to get by in life. And now we can't remember what the truth is. We don't know if we're lying or telling the truth and we don't know what we've said in the past because it's just a lie after one lie after another lie. Or for some of us, we don't think that we should look the way that we should look. And so we try to do something and we try to stop eating or we try to put the pain away by overeating or something like that because we think that there should be this perfect image of us and we just have been lying to ourselves that we should get to that spot or get to that spot and get to that spot, but yet we can't get to that spot. Or for some of us, you know, we're warned by our friends, don't go out with her, don't go out with him, you know, and yet we don't take their warnings and we get into the relationship, and we all of a sudden find ourselves getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the relationship, into the point where we feel stuck. And we all of a sudden wonder, you know, what's happening? Wrong after wrong, lie after lie, sin after sin, we are stuck in these waters, and we find ourselves on the path of destruction or a path that we don't want to be on. We have some kind of addiction. We have some kind of problem. And now, what do I do? God, where are you? He feels so distant from us. And yet, we wonder why or how did we get there in the first place? Because we simply started to wade into the waters. Or another way that we get into these waters is we just plunge right in, we are untouchable. You know, it doesn't matter. We're going to lie. We're going to cheat the company outright. We are going to sleep with anyone. We're going to give someone a disease because it does not matter. We are number one, and we are out to live for ourselves. And God, what does God even care? I'm so distant from God that it doesn't matter. He won't take up his thoughts about me because I'm so distant from him and I'm not even thinking about him. That's how we get into these waters. And here's the reality check. No matter what category that we put ourselves in, whether we have been tossed into these waters, whether we have waded into them, whether we have plunged right into them, we know if we really get honest, if we really get face-to-face with these things, we know what the pain point is In our lives and we know that something needs to be done and it should not be there and here's the truth in the whole matter all of us have been in these waters all of us have some part of our lives right now in these waters and what we also know is once we get out of these waters sometimes it is so easy to keep going back to these waters and being stuck in them. And here's the lie. The lie is that we can't do anything to get out of them. The circumstances that happen to us, there is no way that we can get out of these waters because we are stuck. The sin that we commit, there's no way that we can get out of these waters because we can't get out. And that's the lie. We see that there's no hope in our situations. We see that there's no way out and we are told that the situation is untouchable. There's no way that anything can be done about this situation. But here's the truth and here's what God would want us to know. He would say, that's not the truth. It is possible to get out of these waters. It is possible for these things, these situations, to come out of. That the situations that we are in are not untouchable. And you might say, hey, well, Tim, you know, you don't know my situation. You know, God doesn't know my situation. And here's what God would say to you and to me. He would say, come. Come and listen. Come and listen and find out who I am. Come and listen to see what I have done for you. Come and listen and see how I will respond in your situation. And so whether you believe in God or not, God would say to us, come and see who I am. And so today, that is the story, that is the encounter that God is going to invite us into as we look out about the situation and see if it's too untouchable, for God. okay, And we're going to look at a story of a man's life. Um, today we're going to put up the verses on the screen for you because um, <clears throat> we're only going to be jumping in very briefly. Um, but let me kind of set up the situation for us. Here's this man uh, who has come to seek out Jesus. And I'll give you a little bit more um, about him before we get to him. Uh, But before we jump in, let me tell you about what's been going on in Jesus' life at this moment, in this scene, okay? Jesus has been out and about, and he is at the beginning of his ministry, and he is teaching like no one has ever taught. He is healing like no one has ever seen. No one's even ever seen that happen. And what he's doing is he's doing that in and around the area called the Sea of Galilee. So he's like teaching from boats just off the shore. There's tons of crowds that are gathering. He is doing the uh, miraculous miracles. He is healing people. And it starts to get out that, wow, Jesus is doing some unbelievable teaching. He's doing some unbelievable uh, healings. Come and see who he is. So rumors are getting out that potentially Jesus might be the long-promised Messiah. From God Himself. And that God is basically coming to give people their freedom, to give them peace, and to give them salvation. So everyone around the region is coming to see for themselves. And people around Israel are starting to come to see who Jesus is. Now, this man, or where we're about to pick up in this encounter, this man has leprosy. And he comes to see Jesus. Now, this is kind of shocking. Okay, for a number of reasons. All right, and I have to kind of give you some information on leprosy if you don't know what leprosy is. Okay, uh, leprosy is a disease that affects the nervous system. It's spread by bacteria, which they didn't know at this point. And this is a guy who has leprosy, modern-day leprosy. If you look at his foot, what happens is the disease starts to attack the nervous system and goes out to the weakest parts of the body. So it starts to attack your, uh, your feet your hands, as you can see on his bucket, and your face, and it starts to kill off the cells of your bones, and you start to lose the sense to be able to feel anything, and it's, your tissue just starts to collapse on itself, so it appears like you're losing you know, fingers or toes or something like that, but really you're not. You're kind of caving in on yourself, okay? And what happened in Jesus' day is that this was a slow and painful disease, okay, If you got it, you were doomed to it. And when you lost your nerve endings and you put your hand in the fire, you couldn't feel that. And often people would die, not from leprosy, but from the infections that were started if they cut themselves or if they did damage to themselves like that. It was a disease that you did not want. And in fact, the second thing that we should know is if you had leprosy in Jesus' day, you were considered an outcast. You were banned from the cities, from the towns. You were treated with fear. And so people with leprosy had to be on the outskirts. They were not allowed to come into contact with anyone. Okay? And if they saw someone, they were to cover themselves and yell out that they were a leper. Okay? And then one other thing that we need to know about leprosy. Some people, and this is not everyone, but some people believed that leprosy was a disease From God. That was His curse on some people. And so, which is not the case, but back then, some people thought if you had leprosy and you came into contact with a person who had leprosy, you were considered unclean. And if you touched a person with leprosy, you were not only unclean because of the disease, you were unclean because you came in contact with a known sinner. And so people would stay away from you. And you lived in a life that was very, very lonely. So that's the place that we're kind of picking up. That's the scene that I want to set for us. So we're going to start out in verse 12 in Luke chapter 5. And we'll put that up on the screen for you. In verse 12, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So here's this man who considers himself an outcast, maybe even a sinner, and he's not allowed to participate in society. He's not allowed to practice in the religious ceremonies that might make him right with God. Okay? He wasn't allowed to come into the temple areas. And in that day, that was your connection to God. And he's not allowed to even come and participate in those activities. So here's this man who's willing to break all the rules. He is desperate. He comes into town and he comes in to seek out Jesus. And he believes that Jesus can heal him. He believes that Jesus is the potential Messiah. But what he's not so sure of is if Jesus is willing to touch what everyone has classified himself as or even what he considered himself to be, which is the untouchable. And so he's just not sure if Jesus would be willing to heal him. And when we look at that, it's kind of interesting. After he cries out to Jesus, Jesus could have done a number of things. He could have stood there and he could have looked at the man who sprawled out on the ground and he could have said to him, you know what, like what are you doing here, you know? Get away, get out, you are unclean. In fact, you know what, I'm going to round up the town here and we're going to threaten to stone you because you are unclean. Get out of here. Or Jesus could have kind of confirmed the potential suspicions of that day, and he could have said to the man instead, he could have said, you know what? You know exactly why you have this disease. You know exactly why you have this disease. It's because you're a sinner. Get out of here. Let me kick some dirt on you. You know the reason. But yet Jesus didn't do that. And it's interesting in a few couple words, what Jesus did. And here's what he did. Instead, he gets down on the ground. And he reaches out and he touches this man. He touches him. And I don't know if this guy could have felt his touch at this point because he was full of leprosy. But Jesus touches him. And he says, I am willing. Be clean. And in that moment, that man felt the power of God go throughout his body and heal him. And for the very first time, do you know what he sensed? He sensed the very touch of God himself upon his life. He had not been touched in years. Society said he was untouchable. The people of his day said he was even potentially untouchable from the God of the universe. And yet Jesus, with a simple action, getting down on his level, reaches out and touches him. Not only does Jesus heal him of his disease, but I think something else Jesus did in that moment. He touched the very inner being of this man. This man who longed to be touched and considered himself untouchable. Didn't know if Jesus would touch him let alone heal him. And yet, Jesus did both. And I don't know about you. And when you consider, you know, like, when you want to come towards God, you know, you don't know what potentially God might do if we come to him. Because when we look at this water, and we have been tossed in, Or we have waded into these waters, or we have plunged ourselves into these waters. We don't know what will happen if we cry out and ask God to do something. But you know what we've learned? God will respond with his healing touch. And no matter what we have experienced, the anger, the bitterness, the Loneliness, the shame, the guilt, the sin that we know we've committed, the things that we have just turned our backs on God and we don't care if we've turned our backs on God. God wants us to know that all of that is touchable by him. There is nothing that is untouchable from him because he loves us. And he demonstrated that with a man who considered himself to be untouchable. And we could like stop there and we could like say, wow, that is great. That is awesome. That is a good truth to know. But yet the story continues. And there's this small thing that we overlook in this encounter with Jesus. And I think it's so important that we don't miss out on this one thing. So in verse 14, it says... Then Jesus ordered him, the man with leprosy, or at that point, not with leprosy, don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So basically, get certified that you've been healed. Let everybody know through the proper channels Verse 15, yet the news about him, that's Jesus, spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So I think it's interesting. Here's this amazing encounter between Jesus and this man, but yet all of a sudden Jesus goes off and prays, you know? And I hear it, Here's what I think God wants us to get, okay? Yes, I understand that Jesus can do some amazing things. He can heal us. He can touch the untouchable. And through the story, he can touch the things that we think are not untouchable. But here's why God does these things. It's because he wants a relationship with us. It's about a relationship. And he wants us to keep coming, keep coming. Don't stop at this amazing thing because, you know what? Yeah, that was amazing and I wanted to do it, but there are some more amazing things that I want to do in your life. So keep coming in this relationship with me. And Jesus, you know, models this. And it says, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He did it over and over and over again to show to us that we are to know God's word. We are to know the truth, that we are not untouchable. And we are continued to talk to him on a regular basis and be in a relationship with the God of the universe because he came and he touched a man to show us that he is not untouchable. You know what holds us back? You know, when I ask that question to myself, I've been in these waters, you know? I've been tossed in them. I have waded into these waters. I have plunged into these waters. And you know what I've found? I have found hopelessness and destruction for me, for the people in my life, and for my relationship with God and I have known these waters, I have returned to them, and God has said, you know what? I don't want that for your life. And he doesn't want that for our lives. So don't get stuck in these waters. Don't wade in them. Because here's what God wants you and I to know about these waters, okay? Why are we so aware of the pain point that is in our lives, if it did not matter, the things that are beneath the surface, why are we so aware of those things if it didn't matter? You know why? Because God is the one who puts his hand on those things and brings them to the surface and says, this is what I want. I don't want you to go and be stuck in these waters any longer. I want you to come out of them. And I want to touch you. And you need to realize that you are not untouchable. And all you have to do is to cry out to God. And when I ask myself that question, I'm like, that sounds a little too simple, God. You know, just cry out to you? Yeah. Just like this man with leprosy, he came, he knew, he had a desperation, he came to Jesus, he knew exactly who Jesus was, he just wasn't sure if Jesus was willing. And we know that Jesus is willing. So what are we to do? How do we cry out to him? Well, we come to God and we say, you know what? I am crying out to you in prayer. And here's what I'm saying to you, God. God, I've been in this junk and you don't want me in this junk anymore. And so I'm going to take this stuff whatever it is, name it specifically, and lay it down at his feet and say, God, I need your help. I am sorry I have not come to you sooner. I am sorry that I've been holding on to this stuff. In fact, I'm sorry that I've caused some of this stuff myself. Will you forgive me and would you rescue me? And you know what he does in that moment, which I found over and over and over in my life? You know what he does? In the circumstances that I've been tossed into these waters and I've been angry and I've been bitter, he says, you know what, Tim? To get over that, you need forgiveness. But you need to forgive them. And I know that sounds hard, but you know what? I took the shot for you first. You need to take the shot and forgive them. And when you forgive them, you will feel freedom in your lives. And it doesn't make sense. But yet when you experience that freedom of forgiveness, you will be free from those waters. Or sometimes when I've waded into these waters and I know that I'm in too deep and all of a sudden I cry out to God and say, God, would you help me? He brings to light what exactly that I am doing and what I need to stop doing. And he says, you know what? Here's somebody who can help you. Here's something that you need to read. Here's some truth that you need to know from my word and get out of those waters. Or sometimes when I've just plunged right into these waters, and I knew it, and I just went right into those waters, and I thought there's no way that God would want to have anything to do with me. He says, Tim, come here. You're not too untouchable. Anything that you've ever done is not too untouchable to God. And that's what I've found Instead of finding rejection from God, I have found love and acceptance from Him. And I have found that He wants me to come out of these waters. And my life has been a lot better because of it. So where are you today? What is that stuff? we are all got a piece of our lives in these waters. What is it that you need to cry out to God today and say, God, you know what? Just like this man who had leprosy and came and cried out to you, What is it that you're going to cry out to God and ask Him for some help? What's been the chains that have just bogged you down and bogged your life down? And it's time. It's time to come out of the darkness. It is time to come out of these waters and stop being stuck in those waters. So, a moment here, we're going to pray. And during that prayer, you just cry out to God, just like this man with leprosy showed us, you just cry out to him in your prayers and you say, God, here it is. I'm sorry I haven't come to you. Here's this stuff. And you know what will happen? In that moment, God will put you on a new path. Yeah, you may not like be over it and you're tempted to go back into these waters each and every single day, but God will put you on a new path. He says in Psalm 40 that he will lift us up out of the slimy pit, that he'll place our feet on solid ground and that he will give us a new song or basically saying he will give us a new hope, a new direction, and that's what we are to focus on. And he will supply all that we need as we walk away from this water in our lives. And that's what God will do. And for some of us, you know, whether we believe in God or not, there's some things that, how do you get on that path? And something that we do on a regular basis here at Epic is that we provide what's called the growth challenge. And each week we post on the website, under the resources, a document to go deeper from today's message. And today we're going to hand those out at the door, physical copies. And this week, whether you believe in him or not, would you come? Would you come and find out who he is, what he has done, and how he will respond in your situation? Would you offer up yourself in a relationship with him and begin the process of feeling his healing touch upon your life. And so I'm going to invite the band up to come on up here, and um, we are going to pray. And um, all you have to do is talk to him as if you're talking to somebody um, else today. And so you know what it is, and uh, let's go to him in prayer. So would you pray with me? Father, um, we thank you for today. We thank you for showing us your heart, that you consider us touchable, that there is nothing that we can't do that is untouchable. And so God, we cry out to you in this moment, and we ask you to reveal whatever it is that's beneath the surface that we need to offer up to you today. And we cry out to you and we say, God, help us. And we will be confident that this will begin the process. And so God, would you continue to speak to us this week? I will continue to interact with you by looking up these verses this week, learning more of who you are and talking to you in my prayers. And so Father, we thank you that you are good and we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning. Thank you to Brandon and the band. That was some pretty high energy stuff, man. Thank you again. Appreciate that. Well, welcome everybody to Epic. Have a seat. Relax. We've got a show for you today. I'm not talking. I'm just doing announcements. Tim's on today. Trent's still on vacation, but Pastor Tim is going to lead us through a great service today. But before we get into that, I just want to say summer is in full swing. And at my house, you can definitely tell because my wife has put the calendar up. And since the kids are not in school, she's got all sorts of ink everywhere. Beach day, swimming at grandma's, library, park, it's crazy. But there's a couple of things that I want to remind you about on the epic calendar that are important to us. Number one is 4th of July, which is on everybody's calendar. But in Flagler Beach on Wednesday, sometime Wednesday morning, I don't know if it's 9 or 10 o'clock, you have to check, there's a parade. And for those of you who have never been to the Flagler Beach parade, the float that gives out the most candy is the coolest float in the parade. It's the truth. Now, we have a float for our Surge ministry, which is our 7th through 12th grade kids and students. They're going to have a float. They're going to have a truck pulling it. It's going to be decorated. It's our opportunity to kind of promote Surge, get the name out there in the community and stuff like that. So we want a ton of candy to be able to throw out to all the people on the side of the road. If you're able and willing to bring in some candy, preferably not chocolate, it's probably going to melt. Any type of hard candy, lollipops or anything like that, Cody Anderson is going to be just outside the doors as you leave on the left. and There's going to be a table out there. So if you brought some today, drop it off with Cody. If you didn't and you want to bring some next week, we still have time. So please go ahead and do that so we can get the word out about Surge. Second thing on our calendar is July 8th. It'll be the Sunday after the 4th. There are two things going on that day. The first thing is uh, they're both occurring at 5 o'clock, but it's a baptism, and epic day at the beach. So baptism, if you have recently turned your life over to Jesus Christ or you're on the cusp of maybe thinking about doing that, we get to celebrate that with you on July 8th. Go to uh, the website, www.theepicchurch.com. There's an Involved tab. You can click on that. It's going to be some literature about baptism. You'll be able to sign up right there. You have plenty of time to go ahead and do that, so I encourage you to go do that. And for those of us that are not getting baptized or maybe have been or not ready to do that, we can still go celebrate Epic Day at the beach afterwards. So let's come right there at 5 so we can watch everybody get dunked, as I call it. That's what I called that when I got put down there. They held me for a little bit longer than they should have, but... I had to be held down a little bit longer. Anyway, so we'll come and encourage that, and we'll celebrate that, and then right afterwards, bring food, bring games, bring something. I think Tim's talking something about tackle frisbee. I don't know. It was but anyway, we'll do something fun on the beach. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then the last thing is I just want to say once again, welcome to everybody. If you're new here at Epic, I just want to say... This service is kind of our gift to you. I appreciate you being here. We appreciate you being here. But if this is somewhere that you call home and you've kind of tried out the church thing and you say, Epic is where I want to be and you've made a commitment to God to say that now that I've established that, I want to turn around and give a portion of my finances back to Epic and help out with all the ministries and all the growth and everything. There are two ways that you can go ahead and do that. Number one is that there's a box on the side of the room over here and there's one just outside the doors on the left. And you can go ahead and if you feel um, that you've made that commitment to God and that's between you and him, no pressure at all, you can go ahead and give that. That way, if not, jump back online to theepicchurch.com. There's a giving tab. You can go ahead and give electronically. So that's about all the rambling I have for you this morning. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Just watch this video, and then uh, we'll have Tim come up and give us the rest of the service. Thank you.